Well, it is that time of year again. It's time for the holiday Christmas specials. I uh, have had a, a great time this season uh, sitting down and watching many of the uh, old favorites like Rudolph, uh, the Red-Nosed Reindeer, like Frosty the Snowman. I've even had the opportunity to catch some of the newer ones like A SpongeBob Christmas, which I'm sure will be a classic uh, in years to come. And also, because of that feature on your cable box called On Demand, uh, I've had the opportunity to watch uh, Adora Christmas Special uh, several hundred times, I think, over the last several weeks. Uh, but there is one classic uh, Christmas special that every year I wait for. Every year uh, we sit down and we watch uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, what an amazing uh, cartoon. I just love uh, the Peanuts gang as they, as they get together and they celebrate this season of Christmas. It was interesting to hear Charlie Brown's thoughts uh, on Christmas. With the season going on all around him, he seems to struggle with what the season is all about. And he says these words, which I found pretty interesting. He says, I just don't understand Christmas. I guess I, I like getting presents and sending Christmas cards and decorating trees and all that stuff. But I'm still not happy. I always end up feeling depressed. I wish I could get into the Christmas spirit. I think during these weeks leading up to Christmas, we all maybe have those moments. I see some of you smiling. We all have those moments at times. And during this time of year, you hear so many people talking about the Christmas spirit. Saying, you know, I'm in the Christmas spirit. Uh, they're in the Christmas spirit. Boy, I wish that guy that cut me off, I wish he was in the Christmas spirit. But what is the Christmas spirit? Now, you gather here today because I think most of you get what Christmas is all about. But at times I find myself, and maybe you're like this, uh, find myself discouraged like Charlie Brown. Um, I'm finding myself knowing what the season is about and loving Jesus, uh, but discouraged by all the things that pull my focus off of him. I hope Christmas is more than that. Uh, I hope it's more than a buy one, get one special at Target or being the first shopper in line uh, the day after Thanksgiving at Walmart. I hope it's more than the great holiday tree uh, versus Christmas tree debate that it seems like every year pops up. I want to talk today about the spirit of Christmas and, and give those of you who maybe are feeling uh, similar to the way I've been feeling, uh, a chance to um, unwrap what it means, what this season means, and maybe uh, be a little bit less like Charlie Brown uh, during this time of year. The spirit of Christmas is one gift that we need to open up. I think during this time of year, sometimes we, we have all these gifts and we kind of push uh, the spirit of Christmas back to the behind the tree. And uh, the spirit of Christmas is something that needs to be unwrapped. It needs to be opened. And it doesn't have to wait until Christmas Day to do that. Uh, there's a video we're going to watch. And it kind of gives this, uh, this tension that happens this time of year. And uh, so we're going to watch this video. As it was, coincidentally, right as B.C. came to a close and A.D. came to pass, Jesus was born. To Mary and Joseph in a warm, cozy stable. 
and angels appeared to some shepherds and proclaimed, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will to men. But the shepherds were sore afraid. Nevertheless, said shepherds scurried off to visit the newborn baby. And they found him, dressed in swaddling clothes. So they fell down and worshipped him, giving glory to God. Meanwhile, some wise men saw yonder star, and they followed it from yonder straight to Bethlehem. Are we there yet? They brought gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and they fell down and worshipped the baby. But that was just the beginning. Then came Santa Claus. Ho, ho, ho. Actually, I prefer Kris Kringle. And flying mammals. And presents, and Christmas trees, and lights, and candy, and stockings, and penguins at the North Pole. Are the, the penguins? Sorry, where was I? Flightless birds. Right, thank you. And a partridge, and a pear tree, and more presents, and wrapping paper, and TV Christmas specials, and, and shopping. And before Christmas sales, and traffic, and after Christmas sales, and the church pageant, and caroling, and, and long lines at the mall, and overbaking the turkey, and grandma's jello fruitcake, and and snowmen and stop this is stressing me out i think i'm going crazy why are we doing all this Who knew Joseph uh, sounded a lot like Arnold Schwarzenegger? That's, but uh, apparently that's, that's the case. I love that. Why are we doing this? Or why are we doing this? I don't know. Uh, it's a good question. My hope and prayer is that as we unwrap the true spirit of Christmas this morning, that we would take it from the ordinary, uh, from just another Christmas season to the extraordinary, to the amazing thing, uh, the amazing gift that it is. So I'd like to start by unwrapping four things uh, this morning that will help us experience the true spirit of Christmas. And I'd like to take a look at unwrapping the spirit of hope, uh, the spirit of worship, the spirit of giving, and then finally the spirit of sharing. So first, the spirit of hope. Uh, this hope it found in a baby's cry. Uh, in the video, Joseph asks, why are we doing this? Uh, why do we celebrate? And for me, 
some of the, the fun and, and great things in this season uh, that we celebrate, the lights, the trees, the decorations, uh, Santa Claus, the reindeer, uh, finding that perfect gift, it's so visible. It's everywhere uh, that we look. And if you're like me and Joseph in the video, it stresses you out. As I have watched that video and have read the stories in Luke and in Matthew, I found myself doing uh, what I ask students to do uh, on occasion, and that's to take the passages that you're reading and place yourself in the story. There's something about a baby's cry, isn't there? There's something about a baby's cry. How appropriate it is that we have a, had a dedication this morning. There's something Uh, In that video, that with all the stuff going around us, with all the things, uh, to be called back to that baby's cry, it made me think of when my own kids were born and the emotion that that brought, that first cry that they heard. And it made me think, kind of transport myself back to that instance with Mary and Joseph and what they must have been feeling when they heard that first cry of their child. Uh, when they heard that first cry of Jesus, but also in thinking and knowing that it was also the cry of God. I mean, think about that. What an amazing thing. The spirit of hope was born. A promise from God was being fulfilled. And it was fulfilled in a baby's cry. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7 says this, and this is from the message. It says, For a child has been born for us, the gift of a son for us. He'll take over the running of the world. His name will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father, Prince of Wholeness. I love that. His ruling authority will grow, and there will be no limits to the wholeness that he brings. If you're missing something this Christmas season, I pray God would give you that sense of wholeness this morning that can only be found in a baby's cry. What a wonderful reminder from from Isaiah. So as we remember this Christmas season, as we unwrap these gifts, I pray that we would remember the hope found in a baby's cry. I'd also like to unwrap the spirit of worship. Found in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, uh, the first half of the verse, it says this. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. When these wise men found Jesus, they fell down and they worshipped him. And today, people still come to worship Jesus. We were created to worship. Worship is our ongoing response to what God has done for us, not during just this time of the year, but every day. As believers, we gather together. Worship draws us together. It allows us to give testimony and thanksgiving for who God is. And for what God is doing in our lives. Something extraordinary is happening here. If someone asks you, uh, you know, where do you worship? A lot of us would say, well, you know, we go to church and between 945 and 1130 uh, on Sundays, that's where we go to worship. But is worship really something that we can do only once a week? Is it something that we uh, flip on and off like a light switch? Um, unless the power goes out and you don't have any light. As we look at the wise men, we see people whose true commitment and desire was to worship God. It is evident in their journey to Bethlehem. It took a long time and uh, might have conflicted with their personal schedules. It might have taken several months. I can't imagine just dropping everything and spending months going to worship a baby. 
I mean, how long does it take us to get here on Sunday mornings? It takes me less than five minutes. For some of you, maybe 20 minutes. They took months to go and to worship this child. True worship is not always convenient. Sometimes we have to interrupt our agenda and our schedules so that we can turn our focus away from the things that distract us back on to Jesus, onto God. And all the activity of the coming weeks, I hope you can experience God in worship, not just in this place, but in your cars as you're driving, at work, at school, wherever you may be. May you experience God in a powerful way and may you worship him in those moments. So you've seen hope in, in, in the baby's cry. We've seen worship from, from wise men who bowed down before him. And thirdly, we want to unwrap the spirit of giving this morning. Matthew 2.11, the second part of that verse, uh, where they came to the house and, and they bowed down to worship him. And then the second part says, Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. These were treasures of great value, gifts fit for a king, but it was more than that. On Christmas Eve, as a child, uh, we used to get together uh, with family, like many of you do, either Christmas morning, Christmas day. And I remember uh, always feeling sorry for my grandpa, because uh, no matter what, and I knew he was a good guy. I knew that during the year he was a, he did all the right things, you know. And and every year he would open his his Christmas stocking, and there'd be a huge lump of coal in there. And I always felt, man, Grandpa, I feel really bad for you. And uh, I also was terrified that that possibly could happen to me. I'm like, if he gets coal, I'm in deep trouble. All right. So uh, there's this story that I found uh, about this child named Leo, and I want to read that to you this morning. Leo was just a boy and had not been a particularly good one at that. In Italian tradition, it was the Christmas angel who brought the gifts to little boys and girls, and Leo was particularly anxious to see what the angel had put in his stocking on Christmas morning. Can you imagine how little Leo felt opening his stocking? He found that, found that it had been filled with nothing but a dry twig and some coal. He was heartbroken. All of his brothers and sisters had received fruit, gifts, and other goodies. And they were elated, but why had the angel given him nothing? The answer came when Leo's mother explained, You see, Leo, this is what happens to little boys who are bad. The Christmas angel sees everything. Kind of a rough lesson there. Leo fell into his mother's arms and began to cry. Soon all his brothers and sisters were crying too. They began to share their gifts with Leo. They handed over some of their candies and their other goodies. And soon, Leo had just as much as anyone else in the family. Isn't that what the spirit of giving is all about? The greatest gift of the wise men was not the gold or precious ointments that they brought to Jesus, but their giving spirit itself. This was the greatest gift of all because it came deep from within them. When we learn to share with others, we have unwrapped and are experiencing the true spirit of giving, the spirit of Christmas. So we've looked at the spirit of hope that is found in a baby's cry. We've looked at the the spirit of worship that is found when we bow down and we worship him. And we found the spirit of giving as as we take a piece of who we are and we give it to others. And now I want to unwrap the spirit of sharing. The spirit of sharing found in Luke chapter 2 verses 17. And this is dealing with the shepherds. 
says this, When they, the shepherds, had seen him, Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. Not only did the shepherds find things just as the angels said they would be, they had to do something. They had to share it, and they could not contain themselves. They had to spread the word concerning this this child that had been born, this gift that had been shared to them. Like the shepherds, God wants us to seek his face, not only for ourselves, but because the natural result of our meeting with God is to share that with others. Is that our passion as a people? Is that our passion as a church? The good news has to get out. Are we spiritually excited this Christmas Christmas season about this gift that's been given to us? You know what I like about the shepherds? They actually, they saw something. They saw something and they had to share it. They had, had to let other people know it was an overflowing of who they were. I had the opportunity uh, twice this past year of going down to uh, Mississippi to help with some of the, the cleanup that uh, was taking place from Katrina. And uh, I, I saw people who were giving of themselves because they saw a need and they had to go and they had to do something. Uh, there was a couple uh, and their family that came down from Tennessee and they were actually, uh, they, they came down several weeks after the storm and they saw that there was a need on the news and they said the, the dad was a contractor. And uh, they basically, they moved into this church. Uh, the kids started school down there. And the father uh, just began to work in people's homes. And, and not for pay, just, just uh, for room and board at the church and just being able to help. Uh, I saw many stories like this. There was a doctor from Rhode Island and his wife who came down. And uh, again, they saw the stories on the news and they set up a tent. They brought their trailer down and they were living in this trailer in the church parking lot. And uh, they were just giving medical attention uh, to people who needed it in this community uh, down in Mississippi. I saw it in my friend Chad. Uh, which was the reason I went down. A couple weeks uh, after the storm, he saw a news report that they needed people to come down with chainsaws. And uh, he grabbed a friend, they went to Home Depot, they bought a couple chainsaws, and they just drove down to this place that they had seen on the news. And they hooked up with this church. And they began to just help out in that area. And what that turned into is they got connected with this church and other churches in the community. And from that point on, uh, his church in Colorado started sending people down. And then I got hooked up with that church, and we started sending people down from Minnesota. And there was this, uh, they've been down there five times, because somebody had a vision, somebody saw a need, and somebody wanted to fill that need. You see that here in this church. That's what's so amazing. You see many volunteers. You see uh, every Sunday morning we have our, our teachers who come early and are cutting paper and are are getting ready to spend time with our kids. You see our youth volunteers who are up in the youth room uh, teaching our students about Christ. You see that in our women's ministry and our men's ministry. Uh, you see that in our missions team. Uh, we, we sent pies out this past uh, Thanksgiving, um, going door to door and handing just pies out for, for Thanksgiving. And also yesterday we saw uh, a group of a group of the men came to the church and, and took those presents that many of you donated and they took those and they gave those to people who needed a Christmas this year, who might otherwise not have had that opportunity. Those are the things, those are the overflowing uh, things in our lives that are visible and tangible things to people who don't know Christ. We can be the faces of Christ to people in just small ways like that. There are many people in this church who are, who are doing those things and it's a wonderful expression of this time of year.
But may those things not end just this December. May they be things that we uh, carry on year-round. Verse 18 in Luke chapter 2 says this, And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told to them. All who heard it wondered at the things that were told to them. Do we have that wonder this morning? Do we have that sense of the extraordinary, a sense of a gift that is given to us today? Is it a gift that's pushed back behind the Christmas tree, or is it a gift that is opened even early, and that's okay? A gift that's opened and experienced. The gift of hope and of worship, of giving and sharing, are amazing gifts that are available to us. Are you experiencing these gifts this season? Are you going to unwrap it? As a child, Christmas gifts were so amazing, so, so incredible, so, so magical, weren't they? Do you remember as a little child walking down and seeing gifts around the tree? Man, those are magical moments. I hope that we can recapture that mystery and that we can see in the, the gift of a child laying in a manger over 2,000 years ago. And I pray that we don't leave that gift unopened. I pray that we don't leave that gift unopened.